Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Jeremy Brown about agile strategy and emerging opportunities during the pandemic. Jeremy Brown, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. John, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's going to be a fun discussion today as we talk about agile strategy and what companies should be considering and thinking about in the middle of this pandemic in relation to being agile and adaptive and responsive to the greater external environment. As we get started today, I just wanted to share Jeremy's bio with the listeners. Uh, Jeremy Brown is a veteran of strategy development and change management. He is equal parts introvert, where he totally digs analyzing complex data to spot patterns. By the way, that's me too. Uh, and extrovert, where he would enjoy a day at the executive offsite facilitating strategy decisions and team alignment. Again, me too. So we have some good uh, overlap there. One of the biggest challenges in life was finding something that equally balanced both sides. Getting a little high off the extroverted dopamine, as well as the introverted, um, I can't even say that word. Metachlorine. <laughs> okay, thank you. Helping, yeah, yeah. Uh, helping organizations transition to strategic agility is exactly in this sweet spot for Jeremy. And after several years working in traditional strategy shops, he became frustrated at the typical lack of execution of the beautifully designed and well-researched strategies that, helped, that he helped develop. That led him to start digging into change management, adult learning, behavioral psychology, and agile methodology, methodologies, and he slowly began experimenting with these principles in his strategy work to further execution. The result? He loved the results and wanted to take a step further, not wanting to become or to be constrained with the limit, limited business model and political challenges of an established consulting company. He launched strategy now with the mission of supporting his clients transition to an agile strategy approach and to achieve 100% ROI in their of their strategy portfolios. Jeremy also enjoys raising two courageous daughters, traveling and spending time in the majestic Utah outdoors. And I share uh, your passion for the Utah outdoors. Um, I'm in Orem. Where are you at? In downtown Salt Lake. Great. Yeah. And there's so much beauty around us. And, uh, I have six children as well. My oldest is 16. Uh, my youngest is seven and, uh, and uh, four daughters, two sons. And uh, we have so much fun, uh, you know, just, just uh, enjoying uh, all the beauties of Utah, even amidst the pandemic. Six kids, John, maybe I should be interviewing you. <laughs> no, it, well, it's, it's certainly not a race um, or a competition when it comes to the number of kids. Um, but we, we do enjoy our kids. It's, it's a lot of fun. 
Um, yeah, I, I really feel like, you know, a lot of our backgrounds overlap. Uh, I, much of what you said about yourself and your bio, I feel um, the same, you know, I could probably describe myself in similar ways. Uh, and uh, I think you, what you also suggested in, in the bio about being frustrated with the existing consulting firm, that has also been my experience. Uh, I, I, I've worked uh, in traditional consulting shops and, and have found similar types of, of frustrations. Uh, and I, well, both internally in a, like a corporate OD environment, I've worked in several of those and then externally, you know, with a consulting firm and eventually, you know, I decided, Hey, I, I know how to do this. I'm just going to do it myself because I I'll do it the way I, I think it should be done. So consulting um, firms are not consulting firms are not notorious for innovation. There's a lot of great things that, that come out of that experience. So I don't want to, I don't want to paint it in a negative light, but you know, taking something new and establishing it is it's a lot harder to do in that type of an organization. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, so you talk about agile and I think entrepreneurial agility, it absolutely goes well with agile strategy and having creative and innovative ideas and wanting to run with them and see what, what sticks, you know? So, yeah. so that's been a lot of fun. Well, yeah. as we, as we get started in the, the discussion today, anything else that you would like to add by way of background or context for the listeners? You covered it, John. Thanks. Thanks for the intro. Okay. Very cool. Um, so we have listeners that are all across kind of the spectrum of leadership and organizational management. We have some entrepreneurs, we have people in traditional organizations. Um, this pandemic raises a lot of um, challenges for a lot of people, um, both individually and within their families. Um, of course, organizations as they're trying to um, grapple with the, the budgetary concerns and the health concerns for their people and society at large, of course. Um, but it also provides us with a lot of opportunity. So within, what, what types of emerging spaces do you see in the middle of this pandemic where people might be able to launch something new that um, might have a high likelihood of success? Yeah, so I, yeah, first of all, I'd say I, I don't think there's ever been a better time to start a business. If you really have a strong belief or an idea of something, you know, the traditional adage is, is, is buy low, sell high. And I think right, right now things are low. Um, you know, there, so I'm, you know, I'm obviously taking a pretty big bet here. I have a strong belief about something and I'm taking a bet that, you know, will affect the future prosperity of myself and my family. So it, it, it requires a very strong conviction as well as the, the grit to try to try to see it through and being agile and being willing to test new ideas and realizing that it's never going to be perfect, but you can always get a little, a little bit better. And so, you know, in, in terms of, um, you know, new, new ideas or new concepts to be thinking about in the pandemic, you know, there's, there are several business models that I think are, are very um, much at risk. You know, the one I came from management consulting has, I think most people from the inside would admit that for several years, it's been, you know, you, uh, market share has been eroding by competition that came from un, unknown places such as technology, yeah. applications, um, even just uh, other, you know, kind of more lean consulting firms that don't really have overhead that can provide you the resource that you need when you need it and not have to pay for all the SGNA that a traditional firm has. Um, 
you know, obviously education is probably another one that there's going to be a, a lot of, you know, potential shakeup on and how people, how people learn and how people, um, you know, maybe take an existing idea and see it into fruition. And so there's, you know, and then there's obviously lots of, there are lots of obvious ways that this, I think this pandemic is going to play out, such as just how we, you know, how we, how we, how we shop, how we interact with one another and, you know, everything from real estate to logistics. So um, that's a, that could be a very long conversation, but I, I, I definitely see, I see now is the time for myself and lots of other people who are very, very passionate. There used to be, you know, for ideas like this, my idea, there used to be a lot of barriers to entry to, to really get it out there. And the biggest barrier to entry was we just don't really have time to think about strategy right now because we have so much, we just have so much work. And that's, you know, that's, that, that's, that's probably the biggest barrier to entry in my business. Now that we're in the middle of a pandemic and we hopefully see some, some glimmers of light, the, the barriers to entry are very low and people are interested in this topic. And I would, last thing I'd add to that is, you know, when you're starting something like this in a pandemic, in my view, it's not about market share and, you know, accelerating quickly on the revenue side. It's more about mind share and getting people to engage and interact and think about and talk about things differently. And so once the balloon starts expanding again and people, you know, leaders do start to feel pressure, um, you're, you're front of mind in terms of a new way of doing things. So the time is now, John, and um, that's, that's my bet. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, and I agree. I, I think now is a, a really right time. And, and I don't, I, we don't say that, you know, in terms of we're not trying to, to diminish the real, sure. pain, the real pain and struggle that people are having. Like, absolutely. I, we absolutely recognize that. I absolutely understand that the pandemic is hitting many businesses very hard and it's hitting many individuals and families very hard. Um, but that's actually related to the point of opportunity because when there are these types of challenges, it's the tradition, it's the shakeup, that it's the disruption that opens cracks in spaces for people to, to uh, emerge. Uh, and so like when you talk about the, the barriers to entry breaking down, that's be due to this disruption. There could be other disruptions in the future, but right now it's this pandemic and it's a major disruption and it's, it's illustrating, it's, it's shining a light on huge cracks in the system across different industries where people can uh, emerge. And so I think there's a tremendous amount of opportunity. That's my bet too. And I, I believe it will pay off. Um, if, if people take a leap, you know, and not every, obviously not everything works out, uh, entrepreneurial endeavors, so many of them fail. Um, but in, in large part, that's due to some of the things you already mentioned. Um, we don't have the time. We, we don't feel like we have the security to pursue an idea. Um, we, there's high barriers to entry. Uh, and right now, people seem to have a little bit more time, uh, whether, you know, hopefully that's not because you lost a job, but maybe it's, it's because of just you're working from home and you're not commuting. So you have added time to your day, um, barriers to entry are lower. There's like lots of conditions that right now make it a less risky um, shift to at least try to launch a side business or, or some other type of uh, initiative. So, you know, I say, if you, if you have a good idea, run with it. It, it may not work, but uh, you, you'll have fun doing it. And if you're passionate about it, if you're willing to stick to it, um, I think uh, good things could happen. Um, oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna. I said I, I would agree with that. You know, I think 
most studies would say that strategies have, you know, anywhere from a 25 to 50% chance of success. And I'm, yeah, I think you've got to be perfectly okay with that. And that's, that's one thing I really appreciate about agility for myself, as well as clients whom I work with, is that understanding that failure, you know, failures, there's a pretty strong chance it's going to happen. But being able to understand what's, what's not going the way you expected earlier on so that you didn't put all the chips on the table and, and having the ability to pivot and maybe try something a little bit differently. The last thing I would add about the, the, the time is now, I mean, every, every person I know or talked to in the last four months is yearning for true human connection. And so it's a great time to connect with people, understand you know, what, what their needs are, what their frustrations are, um, just, just get a real honest look at how you can help, how you can help fill a void. Uh, because I've just, I appreciated the fact that I've had so many Zoom calls because I work from home and I'm by myself a lot. So now I feel like I'm way more connected than I was you know, four months ago, which is to people in a face-to-face -face format, which is kind of crazy to, to think about. Yeah, it's it's kind of ironic, and I, I've I've felt similarly um, that Zoom was there before. You know, we could have hopped on Zoom calls easily before, but it wasn't in the mindset of people. And so, you know, I I, I do a lot of international stuff and international travel and, and collaborations, and you know, it's expensive, it's time consuming to travel internationally, and so I would jump on Skype or Zoom calls from time to time with people but we would, we would travel quite a bit and then you lose whole days just going back and forth and, and uh, just realizing, Oh, I don't actually need to, you know, take three days to have a four hour meeting with somebody. <laughs> um, I, I can jump on a zoom call and it's like just the mindset shift has opened up a lot more collaborations and a lot more interaction um, than I had before, which is ironic given all, all the social isolation that people are experiencing. Yeah. Um, so you've talked a lot already about, you keep on referring to agile and agile strategy. How, for, for listeners who may not be familiar with that term, I, I mean, I think people know the, the word agile, but like in terms of the, the methodology and the idea of agile strategy, what is yeah. that and how does that differ from perhaps the traditional strategic approach that organizations have taken in the past? Yeah, I'll, I, that, that's, a, that's a great question and I wanna answer that. First, I would say, you know, just, just the term agile, there's a lot of use of, and it's, it's a, it can be a very, you know, can have very broad interpretation. And so agile is, as you know, John, is, is a very well established construct and discipline in the product development and, you know, in service development space. It's, it's very um, minimally applied right now in the real vein of discipline of strategy. So looking at the context and, understanding the you know moving parts and understanding that you there's things you know and then there's things that you know that you don't know and then there's things that you don't know that you don't know and so agile strategy to address those very big context challenges is something that's um, very very much a field to be developed and I want to be a pioneer in that space um, even Steve Denning who is a one of the four, four uh, leaders in in business agility has recognized that need. So I'm excited to see that I'm not just the only person who feels that way, but somebody like Steve is, is out there talking about there's, there's, there's opportunity for people to step up 
Um, so to answer your question, what, do, what does agile strategy mean and how does that differ from strategic or from traditional strategy? The easiest way I could answer that, John, is that traditional strategy is building a business based on what we know today versus agile strategy is building a business based on what we know today and more importantly, to be adaptable for what we learn tomorrow. And so, you know, traditional strategy has been around for a long time. I mean, really, you know, just all any, any like thousands of years. And obviously, you know, just going, you know, we're what, 30 years into the third industrial revolution and just kicking off the fourth industrial revolution. And so it's, it's interesting to, to me, John, that, you know, and I'll, I'm going to go down a really quick rabbit hole. I promise I'll, you can pull me out if this is too much of a tangent. But it's, it's important for me to understand this concept of, of agile strategy from, a, from an anthropological standpoint. You know, if you think about how humans first, you know, Homo sapiens, we've been on the scene for about 200,000 years now. And, you know, um, roughly, you know, the last 100,000 years, our brains, you know, grew and expanded and had this newfound cognitive ability, um, largely theorized because we could, we started cooking meat. And so our brains grew and we, you know, we were able to do things and work as a civilization um, in ways that we weren't able to, to do before. And so from the time, you know, where we, where we really started developing our brains the way that they're, they're, they're developed today up until you know, the first industrial revolution where we really sort of went into more of a mechan mechanized way of organizing ourselves. My belief is natural selection favored those of us who worked well together collectively, you know, that um, we were hunter gatherers and, you know, we, as a, even as adults, we still learned through storytelling, through play, through, through failure, through experimentation. Those are all things that agile strategy embraces and those are things that traditional strategy are afraid of. And so it's just an interesting inflection point, John, that here we are, you know, going into the fourth industrial revolution. And we have newfound abilities that, as individuals to connect and collaborate in ways that weren't really accepted in the traditional way. And I think given the choice, most people would, would prefer to work in and would flourish in a more agile environment where, you know, failure is somewhat accepted. You know, it's, it's not that we just go fail for the sake of failing, but we, we understand where we just talked about earlier, you know, there's like this, this at least a 50% chance everything, every idea is going to fail. So how do we take that and learn from it? And so it's a much more iterative uh, and adaptable approach as, you know, compared to the traditional, you know, five-year strategic plan where there's a separation of classes. There's the upper sort of knowledge people and then the doers. Well, Guess what, John? We're we're all knowledge workers now, and so I think that's why, yeah, I think that's why Agile has been so successful in the product space, and I that's why I'm betting that it will take hold more so in the in the strategy space. I completely agree. Uh, I think I it, well, first of all, everything that you said in terms of the anthropological development, I think, is really uh, interesting and insightful, and I, I I agree with that, and I think as we think about the, the usage of agile and falling forward, failing fast, you know, mm -hmm. not putting all of our eggs in one basket, recognizing that we're going to learn, you know, we, we may, it, it may be way less than 50%. You know, we may try 10 things and only one of them work, 
Um, but if we're doing it in an iterative process, um, where we're, we're learning as we go, uh, that will allow us, um, to, to make huge strides rather quickly. Um, and that's, that's really the whole agile process. Um, so I'm curious what you think. So say you have a, a organizational leader, um, they're listening to this podcast. They've heard a little bit about agile. They, they, they're thinking, yeah, I should really try to embrace this. I should try to do something for my organization. What would be some of the first steps that you would suggest to them as they're trying to shake up their, their current um, strategic model uh, and embrace more of an agile approach? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the first thing is understanding that it's for agile strategy to be effective. You know, there is a, a growing body of knowledge, and this is something I'm personally trying to, to help push a growing body of knowledge of, of how to um, how to how to develop strategy in a more agile way, and so that's that you know just having some commonly used or tested practices is the right start. You need to understand you know like okay if you went through a, an old school tr- strategic planning process and you know you had sort of a framework to follow. Well, there's a there's a bit of a it's a it's a, there's a lot of parallels to the old framework. But one of the biggest differences is that in the upfront sort of big picture thinking, you've got more um, bottom-up involvement in that. And then in the downstream execution and implementation, you have more top-down, you know, more, um, more leadership involvement in that as opposed to, you know, kind of pushing it off to middle, managed ex- middle management to execute. And so I think, yeah, I think it's firstly just understanding that to be successful in agile strategy as a leader, you need to be able to be vulnerable. You need to be able to co-create with your people. You know, I, if I could visualize, first help someone visualize what agile strategy looks like versus traditional strategy. In traditional strategy, you know, picture the, the CEO, the senior management team getting back from the offsite retreat with the, the big binder and pushing it across the table to the conference table to the middle managers and saying, go execute. And here's your KPIs and your bonus is gonna be tied to this. And then he kind of like, if this was a cartoon, there'd be the bubble coming out of the middle managers thinking, good God, what, what were they thinking? Were they drinking too much wine? Because these are all great aspirations, but we're, no, we're never going to achieve these in five years. Versus in an agile strategy, if you had a side-by-side, an agile strategy um, visual would be the CEO, the middle management, and the individual contributor all at the conference, you know, at the um, at the whiteboard, co-creating ideas, asking each other questions, saying, "Okay, you know what? We there's still a lot we don't know, but we're willing to bet the next three months that if we put effort in this in this area, we can progress the ball way more than we could have before. And it's okay if everything doesn't work out. This is not tied to your this is not directly tied to your compensation. That's a that's a big distinguishing factor. And let's let's go let's go try this." And come back and learn from it, and talk about it in three months. And that's that's the that's the visual, that's the ideal state. In reality, when a lot of leaders try to go to agile, picture the the second visual where they're all at the whiteboard, but instead of actually having good conversations, the middle manager is standing there thinking, "When is the CEO going to put a knife in my back and tell me I'm not going to get my bonus or I did something wrong?" And um, you know, so I'm not really willing to embrace all this. And then the individual contributors thinking the same thing. When is the middle manager going to put the knife in my back? And so that's just a, that's a visual that if I could picture like from where it is today to where you want to go to what the reality could be if you don't really address the organizational maturity, the leadership capabilities, 
Um, so there's, you know, there's five major traits that contribute to um, strategic agility at an organizational level. One is actually having these, some sort of process or framework to follow that's not in the traditional way. The other one is the leadership traits that I talked about. There's the customer and partner, so the external partner experience, the internal employee experience. Um, those are all things that have to be addressed and not everyone's gonna go from zero to 100. You know, you might go from zero to five and that could be great progress. Um, the last thing, you know, I kind of I kind of offer that, you know, that potential leader who's thinking about going to an agile strategy to agile strategy practices is don't don't do a big, you know, if you do thinking about doing a big company rollout or setting up a PMO or something like that, that's totally contradict contradicts agile. Um, really agile is all about starting small, generating some wins, and then reinvesting either the profits or the time saved into the next initiative and it's kind of a kind of a snowball effect it's not a it's not a big arduous strategic planning event like you may be used to in fact maybe you still do that but in the background you're starting to tackle some initiatives and strategies in a more agile fashion to try to try to build up that momentum so that would be that would be a, you know I, you know some of the most important things i think for anyone to to realize about transitioning from traditional to agile strategy. Uh, very much as much or more of an organizational and a cultural shift as it is a shift in how you develop and implement strategy. Excellent, excellent tips. Um, so we are about out of time. Uh, before we uh, part ways, I do wanna give you a chance to really quickly provide for the listeners um, how, you know, some information on how they can get connected with you, how they can find out more about your consulting business. Yeah, the easiest way, way John, um, my website is www.strategynow.llc. So there's no .com at the end, it's just .llc. Um, my, my email is info at strategynow.llc. Um, and then if you go to the website, there's all the rest of my contact information. And you know, I'd be excited to continue this conversation with anyone who'd be interested. Excellent. Thank you so much, Jeremy. It's really been a pleasure talking with you today. I really encourage my listeners to reach out, get connected, utilize uh, Jeremy and his expertise in agile strategy. And I agree. I think this is the wave of, of the future in organizations. It's about a mindset shift. It's about a culture shift. And uh, there's a lot of good to be had through approaching things uh, with an agile uh, mindset and approach. Uh, with that, uh, I want to wish everyone a wonderful rest of their day. I hope everyone stays healthy and safe. Thank you again, Jeremy, and I hope everyone has a great week. John, thanks for, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.